0: Hey everybody and welcome to Breaking Biotech. My name is Matt and if you could please like, subscribe, or leave me a comment, that would be awesome. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do that at MatthewLepoire. I've been really enjoying all of the engagement I've been getting both on Twitter and in the YouTube comments, so please keep it up. And you know, we're almost at 300 subs on YouTube, so please keep telling your friends, keep telling your family to check out the channel if they're interested in any sort of biotech news or biotech tips and things like that. So today I want to talk about four different things. We're gonna talk about the Sarepta issues regarding the adverse event that was reported for their trial. We're gonna then talk about the Avexis integrity issues that the FDA was recently made aware of. We're gonna then follow it up with my failed Gilead trade that I put on last week. And the last thing I want to talk about is the FDA's announcement that they're gonna hold an advisory committee meeting for Visipa and the expansion of the label. And I want to provide a bit of history to Ameren and why people might be selling the stock more than they should, given they've had such a checkered pass with the FDA. I think it's a bit unfounded, but I think providing color in that area is useful. So yeah, glad to be back, had a great weekend, managed to get up to Big Bear Lake. And for those who don't know what that is, it's a lake probably about three hours outside of LA and managed to get some sun, hang out with some friends. So that was really awesome and yeah, nursing some sunburns right now, but I don't think it's gonna get in the way of us having a great show. So with that, let's get to it. First thing let's talk about is Sarepta. And I did wanna mention that they announced on their earnings call that they're gonna have a focus on an MS gene therapy. And for those who don't know, uh, MS is actually quite a big space right now with companies especially like Biogen involved in treatments. So if Sarepta can find success in MS like they found in Duchenne muscular dystrophy or DMD, they're likely to be quite successful moving forward and this could be a really big opportunity for them. Now regarding the issues they've had, uh, the thing that came up last week and for those who weren't watching the stock market and I was kind of taking a look at it, but basically some people on twitter started posting an event that was reported to the fda's adverse event reporting system and you slowly started to see the stock fall and then the stock ended up getting halted so obviously something was going on here and sarepta released a press release that explained what what happened and basically they were informed of a case of rhabdomyolysis which was erroneously submitted as an adverse event report to this fears system which is a post-marketing surveillance database for approved drug therapies. And this was submitted for someone in the clinical trial, the SRP9001102 microdystrophin gene therapy. So this is Sarepta's most popular gene therapy trial. It's the one that has the most potential to treat Duchenne muscular dystrophy. So obviously people reacted to this in a negative way. But there's a few things that I wanted to point out that The error here, they're correct in saying that it's an error because this FAERS system is only for uh, approved therapies. So somebody submitted this incorrectly and they just shouldn't have done it. But obviously something did happen and what they explained in the press release was that a patient who was in this trial was admitted to the hospital for rhabdomyolysis and then after being monitored for a day was, was released. So we know that rhabdomyolysis is an associated risk of DMD, so we don't know if this has anything to do with the treatment at all. We also don't know if this patient is in the treatment or the control group. So this might not even be a treatment-related adverse event if it's marked as that. And the last thing I wanted to mention is that Sarepta and the principal investigator are still blinded to the study, but the Study Drug Safety Monitoring Board is unblinded and reviewed the event and said that the trials should continue. So this makes me comfortable. And I would definitely not sell my stock, given this information. I did sell Sarepta stock at around 152 after the positive data um, came out in that event with Pfizer. And I do love the company moving forward, but I'm trying to be more conservative with my portfolio and keep some money on the side just in case there's a big downturn and I can uh, have some fresh powder to put into the market. But one thing I also wanted to mention that's good news for them is that the CEO bought $2 million worth of stock on the open market and anybody who's long a stock knows that this is a very uh, positive thing you like to see the CEO or any executive buy stock in the open market it really indicates that they're willing to put their money where their mouth is when it comes to the success of the company so that's Sarepta and uh, let's move forward with the Avexis issues so Avexas voluntarily disclosed to the FDA and subsequently to other health authorities that some data previously submitted to the agency as part of the BLA package was inaccurate. And not only was the data inaccurate, but they knew that the data was inaccurate before the FDA approved the drug submission. So the FDA obviously isn't going to take too kindly to this. And we, we see here that the agency, and I'm quoting, the agency will use its full authorities to take action if appropriate, which may include civil or criminal penalties. So somebody's gonna be punished pretty severely by the FDA for what happened here, but it looks like it's not gonna be really the drug because the FDA is still gonna support the continued marketing and use of Zolgensma in patients with SMA who are less than two years of age, which is the the original indication, but it looks like what they're gonna do is they're gonna look and see exactly what happened and try to pin this on individuals and then bring the ax on them. And i think that's fair to say because really if they don't see any issues with the drug itself there's no real uh, sense of punishing patients if it's a good viable product that they can take so i like that part but it's really not a good look for the industry as a whole to to think that somebody tried to manipulate data and get away with it when it comes to people's health really gives them a bad feeling so i think that's the reason why the fta is really going to do their best to make an example of these individuals but we're told that it's related to animal testing and that's what the the data is that's manipulated or inaccurate here so I'm, I'm hoping we're gonna get more information from the FDA after they do an investigation and then we can uh, properly see what uh, what went on here but definitely not a good look for Vexus and uh, hopefully we get some answers but moving on let's look at the failed Gilead trade that I made last week and for those who haven't seen my previous video where I went in-depth into this Um, The FDA wanted to do an advisory committee meeting for the approval of Descovy for pre-exposure prophylaxis in men and transgendered women who have sex with men. And this is a a product that's supposed to reduce the risk of infection of HIV. And the current drug that's approved right now is called Truvada. And what Gilead wanted to do in anticipation that Truvada is going to lose patent protection, they wanted to get Descovy approved for this indication so they could maintain that revenue stream. And what they showed, and I talked about this in the previous video, was that Descovy was non-inferior to Truvada, and it also had a better side-effect profile. So I hypothesized that the advisory committee was going to go very well for Gilead, and they were going to recommend approval for the use of Descovy, and that's exactly what happened here. They voted in favor of it, 16-2, to 2, but they voted against the approval regarding the efficacy of Descovy in prep for cis women. And for me, I didn't think this would be a big deal because I assumed that most of the revenue generated from this product would be from men and transgender women who have sex with men and not so much cis women. But it didn't really matter because the macro events that happened uh, last week are really what led to the decrease in the stock and not so much this positive event that happened to Gilead. So to get into the trade, I opened on August 2nd a put spread where I sold the 655 and bought the 64.5 for 49 cents and then I closed it after the vote happened for 91 cents with a loss of 42 bucks because I did one contract. And in hindsight, I think what happened is that the results were largely expected by the investing community. Um, Another thing to keep in mind is that the large-cap pharma or bio, they tend not to move in relation to catalysts as much as small and mid-cap bio, and I think it's because they're so diversified that one event doesn't necessarily break the bank for them. So I should have been more mindful of that, and I think moving forward I'm just gonna avoid trying to play binary catalysts when it comes to large-cap pharma. And the other thing that happened was that there were macro events that led to an overall decrease in the market and this was related to escalation of the trade war between the USA and China. So this led to a big decrease, and that didn't help me either, because I needed the price of Gilead to go above 65.5 by the 9th of August. And I wasn't confident that it would do it, so that's why I closed it out. So unfortunate, but only $42 loss, so I'm not too devastated by it. But let's get to the final story I want to talk about today, which is Ameren. And I've talked a lot about Amarin. I think they have a lot of potential um, for approval given the data that they showed for their REDUCE-IT cardiovascular outcomes trial that recently came out, maybe six months ago now. But basically, the FDA gave them priority review for the PDUFA date, and it was supposed to be September 28th of 2019. But what we recently heard last week was that they now announced that they're going to hold an advisory committee meeting and they've scheduled that for November 14th of 2019 so if you think that's weird it obviously is because the November date is further in the future than the September date so they're not going to be able to get approval by September and therefore they're going to get delayed revenue and that's obviously going to be the case the company doesn't know when the new PDUFA date is going to be but they're assuming they're going to get a three-month extension and it's going to be in late December of 2019 What I want to go through is some history of the company and the FDA and talk about why they might be selling off so much right now. And it has to do with the way the FDA treated Ameren when it came to getting the Anchor indication, which is the indication to get uh, approval for people who have triglycerides between 200 and 500 milligrams per deciliter. So let's get into it. Now, the data I'm showing here is for two phase three clinical trials that Ameren ran, one called Marine and one called Anchor and the only difference between them really is that the patients were segregated into either patients that had severe hypertriglyceridemia, which is patients with a blood level of 500 milligrams per deciliter and above, or ANCHOR, which is patients with mixed dyslipidemia that had triglycerides between 200 and 500 milligrams per deciliter, who are also on statins. So We can see here that in marine, the triglycerides went down by 33%, as well as these beneficial effects on other parameters. In anchor, we saw that the triglycerides went down 22%, and they also saw benefits in in other parameters here. Now, when they tackled this originally, they got agreement with the FDA under this special protocol assessment. And now what this assessment is, it's an agreement between a company and the FDA, and I'll just read right here what what it says, is that the FDA will support approval of a drugs marketing application or supplement to an approved application if it is conducted according to the protocol and it achieves its agreed upon objectives. So Ameren did the right thing and they sat down with the FDA and they came upon mutually agreed upon objectives, trial design, endpoints, etc. And then, given that, if Amarin was able to achieve these endpoints and objectives, the FDA seemingly would support approval of this medication. Now, there's two ways that the SPA can be altered, and one of them is a written agreement between the FDA and the sponsor, or the other one is where the FDA finds a substantial scientific issue essential to determining the safety or effectiveness of a drug that is identified after the trial has begun. So this is gonna be important later, and I'm gonna touch on this again. But just keep that in mind that the FDA does have the power to rescind this SPA, thus basically allowing them to deny drug approval. But let's get back to the timeline here. So they broke up the trials into two different indications, and they submitted the NDA submission in September of 2011. They were told by the FDA there would be no advisory committee, which is good. And then in July twenty, and then in July of 2012, they got approval for patients with severe hypertriglyceridemia, which is patients that have over 500 milligrams per deciliter of triglycerides. So when they were doing this, they also submitted a supplemental NDA to get approval for the anchor indication, and they were told by the FDA there would be an advisory committee. And when that advisory committee actually came out, the committee voted against approving Vasipa for this indication. And here's what they said. They voted nine to two against approval of Vaceba capsules for use as an adjunct to diet and exercise and in combination with a statin in the treatment of adult patients with hydroglycerides with mixed dyslipidemia and coronary heart disease, etc. Now, this wouldn't be so bad if it wasn't also that the FDA rescinded the Anchor Study Special Protocol Assessment Agreement. And I'm going to read what they said here and they said that they did this because the FDA has determined that a substantial scientific issue essential to determining the effectiveness of Vesepa in the studied population was identified after testing began. Now, this SPA that was originally approved happened in 2009. So they agreed upon this, and then once they launched these trials, three studies finished up that were relevant, or at least the FDA would argue that they are relevant to determining whether or not reduction in triglycerides will have an impact on cardiovascular outcomes. So once the SPA was rescinded, Amarin tried to reverse that decision, and when it finally came back that they were not gonna rescind that decision and and reinstate the SPA, Amarin in 2015 eventually received a complete response letter from the FDA denying approval of the SEPA for that anchor indication. And then in the CRL, I'm gonna read here, the FDA acknowledged that Visipa yielded a treatment difference showing reduced triglyceride levels compared to placebo, but they also said that the clinical rationale for reducing serum triglycerides with Visipa is that it would would reduce cardiovascular risk. And then they ended up saying further that the FDA concluded that for regulatory approval purposes, there are insufficient data at this time to support a drug-induced change in serum triglycerides as a surrogate for reducing cardiovascular risk. Now, the funny thing is that Amarin wasn't seeking to get the label to say that Visepa reduces cardiovascular risk. They only wanted to get this on the market so patients could take the drug with the agreement that this might have an effect on cardiovascular risk. And in that sense, patients could decide for themselves if they thought through their own research that reducing triglycerides could help with their cardiovascular health, that a drug like this might work. Amarin was doing a cardiovascular outcomes trial to get that label expansion to say that people with high or very high triglycerides that take Visepa can reduce cardiovascular outcomes because they will have shown that in the CVOT trial, which we now have the data for, and it does confirm that. So I think it's, uh, it was overreach for the FDA to deny Amarin the expansion of the label here, given that they saw such a dramatic effect on triglycerides, and they still prevented patients from taking the drug. The FDA's decision to prevent Amarin from doing this was justified based on three trials that showed that reducing triglycerides doesn't lead to improved cardiovascular risk. And those three trials are the Accord lipid, the Aim High and the PS2 Thrive. So I'm gonna quickly go through these here and basically each one looked at a different compound. The Accord lipid used fibrates and the Aim High and PS2 Thrive used uh, niacin or or an extended version of niacin but the studies themselves didn't look at the same population as the anchor population did. In each one of them, the patients had a triglyceride level, a median triglyceride level of 162, 166, and 125 respectively. So the way that these trials were conducted were with respect to the objectives each one of them had, and each one of them was different and wasn't specifically related to the indication or the objectives that Amarin had agreed upon previously with the FDA. So it's for this reason that I think that the FDA really misstepped here, and I agree totally with this guy who who wrote this nice study here, Um, and I urge you all to go go get it. I'm going to leave the link in the description below. He did a nice uh, deep dive into why the FDA got it wrong here, and I agree with him that I think that the FDA really dropped the ball, and it makes you think, it makes you wonder whether or not there was some sort of backdoor dealing going on. And I don't want I don't to get too conspiracy theory here, but it does seem like the FDA overstepped their bounds here by preventing this medication to people that could have benefited from it quite a bit. So the last thing I'm going to say is that Ameren here had proposed multiple alternative indications, data presentations, disclaimers, and other regulatory pathways to approve vesipa under the supplemental NDA, but the FDA determined not to approve label expansion reflecting the anchor clinical trial efficacy at this time. So it seems like Amarin was very flexible in trying to do what they could to get the drug to these people, but the FDA wasn't having it. So I think people are concerned that the FDA could pull a similar stunt to Amarin again, given that the FDA was so late in announcing this advisory committee and that, you know, they could drag Amarin's feet through the mud for the next year and change with weird things like rescinding SPAs or, or whatever. Now, I think the CVOT data is very solid. I think Ameren did a great job to make sure that there wouldn't be any issues. And if you look at my previous video, I debunk a lot of the claims that Ameren's gonna have any issues, whether it's the mineral oil or whatever check out that video, and I'll leave a tag for it here so you can actually see what the arguments are and why I think they're not valid. But basically, I wanted to finish this off by talking about some of the analyst notes, and uh, people at Roth talked about it and said that it will likely be re- well-received by the FDA panel. They mentioned here that the adcom is gonna have five endocrinologists, three cardiologists, a biostatistician, a pharmacoepidemiologist, a consumer representative and a non-voting nephrologist so I think that given that they have this CVOT data that's very impressive I think the committee will vote in favor of approving Ameren and I think that's gonna be a really bullish catalyst for the company and it's for that reason that I increased my position in Ameren from I think I was around five or six percent of my portfolio up to 12.8 percent of my total portfolio so I really do think that they're gonna be able to finally get that indication approved and finally be able to help out people who've probably been waiting for this drug for maybe 10 years now. So we'll hope for that, but I'm gonna definitely be keeping my eyes on that in uh, November. I also wanted to mention that I took a position in Regenix Bio. I did a video on them a little while back, and I do think that they're gonna have some positive data come out in the second half of this year. The wet AMD in particular is gonna be a real catalyst for them if they're able to see good data and uh, I think the discount that they're being offered at right now is a decent time to start scaling in a position. I think around the $1 billion mark is where they're probably fairly valued, but I bought in probably around $1.3 or $1.4 billion valuation, so I'm, uh, I feel good about that, and I'm gonna hold until I see some of that data. I plan on doing a deep dive on IOVA. I talked about different cancer companies and different CAR-T cell therapy related companies, And uh, I think IOVA is gonna be a a good one. I like the idea of tumor infiltrating lymphocytes, so I wanna get a better handle on that and uh, we'll see whether or not they're worth buying into now. I have here that the extra 10% tariff on China will be delayed until December. Trump announced this earlier in the week. So I'm gonna be cautiously moving forward and paying attention to any trade war escalation that is likely gonna send the stock market downward. So I also have here that we heard that the extra 10% tariff on China is going to be delayed until December of this year. So this sent the market higher, but look for trade war escalation between now and then. I think any indication that Trump is going to try and, and put these tariffs on for real is going to send the market downward. And it's for these reasons that I'm trying to keep money on the sidelines if I can to look for opportunities to buy. And then finally, here's my list of companies that I plan on looking at, and I will get to them all in due time, but I don't want to do a portfolio wrap up here because we're kind of in the middle of the week, so I'm going to leave you all with that right now. But thank you again so much for watching, everybody. I do appreciate it. Hit the like, hit the subscribe button, or send me a comment. Let me know what you think about Ameren, whether or not you expect it to be approved or not at the end of this year. And with that, thanks again, and we'll see you next time.